Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at qcbt.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Mark Zyla, Principal Horn and Director of Education and Community Engagement for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra about his new podcast entitled Because. Hello, Mark. Hi, how are you today? Great, thank you. Now, your podcast was inspired by the children's book Because, written by Mo Williams and illustrated by Amber Wren. So fill us in, what is that book about and how did it lead to you developing a podcast? Well, the story with me in the the book is that uh, my wife and I were at uh, Target, and this is pre-pandemic. And we are uh, walking around and we were in the the magazine aisle, which is right next to the children's books. And this particular um, book, uh, the front is a, uh, the front cover features a picture of a young girl standing on a podium uh, on stage in front of like a kind of grayed out orchestra. When I picked this book up, I I gave it a quick read and I ended up crying right in the middle of of, uh, Target because... Uh, this book, I think, in a very beautiful way, shows that the magic that occurs on stage is not—it's um, not um, something that just happens without intention. And so, the story is a, a young girl gets an opportunity to an, to attend an orchestra concert because her uncle got sick, and so there were two tickets, and so her mother takes her to. Uh, the performance. And um, the book kind of takes you through her experience, which is because there are musicians, there can be a concert, because there's a conductor, because there are ticket takers, because this, because of that, um, she was able to experience this concert. And then it goes on to show that um, because of that experience of the concert, she became really inspired and she uh, eventually becomes a composer and conductor herself. And for me, um, I thought that that story would make a wonderful metaphor to kind of focus a, a an interview podcast because I'm interested in finding out what are all those steps along the way in people's stories that help them get to the place that they are. Um, and so we're starting off by, you know, talking to a lot of musicians and, and having uh, this kind of showing of, of the trajectory of different uh, careers in music. But I feel like this show, like everybody has a because story, like we can think about what needed occur- to occur in someone's life for them to become a doctor, to become a lawyer, to become active in their community, you know, uh, all these different things. I, I find that, that everybody has an inspirational story in, in, in their, in their lifeline. And, um, and I, I'm, I find it interesting to, to try to, to pull those out of people. And you've done a great job of pulling those tales. You have two episodes recorded so far and many more scheduled. The first one is with your father, Luke Zyla, mm-hmm. who is the second horn in the West Virginia symphony. And, and his interview is, is really interesting because it's not just his story but it's also your origin story or your because story. Absolutely. I, I thought that uh, when the QCSO uh, 
started talking about this project, um, we wanted to develop, you know, essentially like a uh, network of podcasts that allow our patrons to engage with us on their schedule. And um, so we have Concert Conversations podcast uh, where um, uh, our music director, Mark Russell Smith, talks about our upcoming concerts. And so that's a very locally focused podcast. And uh, with Because, we thought that um, this might be an opportunity for us to maybe take a more national approach. And with that, uh, the first episode, uh, we wanted the listeners to get to know me if they don't already know me, you know, from living here in the Quad Cities. And I thought an interesting way to try to do that is to explore my dad's story and, and then kind of transition into, um, you know, how his experiences like shaped the decisions that were made in my musical development. And, you know, I find my dad's story to be uh, inspiring because... Uh, if you juxtapose my experience next to his, um, you know, there was never any question that I was going to pick up a musical instrument. There was never a question that I was going to take private lessons or that I was going to be in band and orchestra. But with my dad, that wasn't uh, the assumption. And it was something that, um, you know, when you listen to the podcast, you you hear that there was a performance that he heard that made him really, really want to play the French horn. And he actually had to you know, take the initiative to find his middle school band director and ask her if, if he could learn how to play horn. And, um, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, 12 year old Luke Zyla decided to do that because I can't imagine that my life would be the way that it is now if he hadn't made that choice when he was 12. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of those stories, aren't there, where, where there's something that just happens by somewhat by chance, and it changes the trajectory of your life. But not just that, it, it, it impacts the other people that learn from you. Absolutely. Uh, in your case, yeah, in your case, it passed from, from father to son. And it was really interesting in your second episode, also hearing Mark Russell Smith discuss, discuss his pathway to becoming a conductor, because you know, not being in music, I had absolutely no idea how it was that somebody could set out to become a conductor. Yeah. And in my teaching, I've always been, I I guess, a little bit surprised at, um, you know, people's reaction, I think, to like my playing. And they almost think that there's like an innate ability for someone to be able to play like that. And I'm always very upfront about it that like I've, I've always, and I will always be a horn player that is a work in progress. And, you know, even now I, you know, I practice an hour or so a day uh, and, you know, a few hours on a good day. And um, that all translates into one's ability to perform well or to play well. And so, um, you know, another aspect of this podcast that I'm enjoying is, is kind of illuminating the the work that goes into um, whatever it is that you see on stage. It's not again. We just don't wake up and and uh, you know go over to the Adler Theater and play concerts. It's the culmination of you know for a lot of us like a lifetime of work and um, 
And it's also inspiring to see that, you know, these, um, these because stories have such a connection to family, you know, like, um, you know, I play horn because my dad played horn. Mark Russell Smith is a conductor because his father was a conductor and because his mother was such a wonderful musician and being a making music was such a part of being in the Smith family. And so, um, you know, I hope that, that it inspires, uh, you know, families to make music together, listen to music together, share music with one another, because in every single episode thus far, everybody brings up, you know, the first things I heard were a hodgepodge of things that my father or mother or aunt or uncle uh, loved and shared with me. And that was a, a wonderful basis for uh, these people to build a, a passion for music that extends into their career. Mm-hmm. How does somebody go about subscribing to your podcast? Well, we are uh, on every podcast platform that I can think of. And so um, you can su- subscribe on Apple Podcasts. I use a program called Stitcher. But you just find because and uh, subscribe. And every two weeks, you'll get a new episode um, on your Monday morning. <laughs> So that's something to look forward to. You know, Mondays can be a little dreary, but not if you're getting a, a, a new podcast from Mark Zyla in your inbox. Well, that's very kind of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to your first two episodes, I was reminded a little of the podcast, How We Built This, which is hosted by Guy Raz, who interviews entrepreneurs about how they develop their particular product. And it's it's really fascinating. And And your podcast dives into the inspiration and passion behind people's careers, but, but also explores the, you know, the influence of serendipity and chance and, Mm -hmm. and that aspect, the curious randomness of it is what I think hooks people. Mm -hmm. Are are you surprised by the role that, that chance plays in our careers, you know, beyond obviously the, the enormous hard work and dedication that, that has to occur? Yeah. um, In the episode that's going to come out on uh, April, Fifth, I think. Checking. Yeah, on April fifth, I interview uh, Simon Woods, who is the uh, president and CEO of the League of American Orchestras. And uh, anyone who makes <laughs> podcasts or videos or anything, you know that once you've made the podcast or made the video, you have to, you know, write all the accompanying descriptions and social media posts and all that kind of stuff. And so, with that, I try to distill everyone's story down into like three sentences. And with uh, Simon's description, I used the line that um, we can see what happens when somebody stays open to the possibilities and says Mm -hmm. yes to opportunities. Mm -hmm. And um, in that episode, you'll you'll hear a person who who went to college with a a very... um, kind of set in stone ideas to what they wanted to do with their career. And then through the course of college was shown that, you know, maybe that's not where their ultimate talents lie. And as a result of, you know, the connections that you make through certain things, uh, you know, being able to say yes to an opportunity to become a classical record producer at Abbey Road Studio, or once that you've made, you know, a hundred 
200 albums that you want some more variety in your life. And, and someone suggests, well, maybe you can take some of those skills and apply it in this area with the Philadelphia Orchestra or apply it over here with this uh, other nonprofit organization. And I see that very much being a part of my story as well. I, as a kid, I only wanted to play principal horn in the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> it was like my hometown orchestra being from West Virginia. And um, as I, I went to school in Pittsburgh, I studied with the principal horn player in the Pittsburgh Symphony. And all of my dreams were just wrapped up in this idea that um, I'm talented enough and uh, that as soon as I'm finished with college, I, I can just walk right in and, 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 and have that position. But if somebody were to have that very rigid idea as to what their career um, is going to be in relation to maybe the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, if you want to be the principal horn of the Chicago Symphony, it's going to be 35 years before that position comes up again. So in my career, there's not going to be another opportunity to become principal horn of the Chicago Symphony. However, I believe that we all have opportunities to make impact with what it is that we do. And for me, I have found that um, my career is much more fulfilling doing things like podcasts and promoting music education in a community like the Quad Cities and being a prolific and active performer. Um, you know, I find that because I was willing to say yes to an opportunity to come out here and be the general manager of our youth ensembles, it allowed me to grow as an administrator to become now the director of education. And, you know, where I get to be in a, involved in a lot of different things. And, and I, and, uh, you know, I still get to play horn in a really great orchestra and I feel really musically fulfilled with my colleagues. And so, um, you know, I think that that's the, another source of inspiration that I hope that this show brings is that if you have to change course in your life, and I would say when you have to change course in your life, there are so many opportunities around the bend that if you say yes to, they're going to take you to places you never thought that mm -hmm. you would go to. Absolutely. You know, and that um, you brought up your role within the education and, and community engagement um, for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra, which is completely separate from your horn playing. Um, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. curious because the, the COVID-19 pandemic completely upended how we could safely listen to live musical performances, how we could interact with one another. And, and so you really had to change, um, you, know, you know, fully how, how, how your, what your role is. And I'm wondering, did you find an unanticipated silver lining to the pandemic in terms of how you thought about or conceptualized the symphony's outreach? Are you connecting with people with, with a different group of people now because of how our lives changed this past year? Yeah. Um, the mission of the Quad City Symphony Orchestra remains present regardless of our circumstances. Um, you know, we here at the QCSO believe that um, music and music and edu music education is something that is for everyone. And it's something that we feel very passionately that it is our role 
to not only engage in high quality performing, but we also believe that it's our role to engage in high quality teaching and, um, and, and promoting, you know, the next generation of, uh, of performers and, you know, community engagers. And, uh, um, the pandemic, I think, emotionally for me was difficult because um, in a musician's career, you feel like you you have these moments of struggle and you work really hard to get yourself into a situation where you feel like, you know, the, the, the ground is, is um, secure underneath your feet. And, um, you know, my wife and I talk about this all the time, that it's like, as nonprofit employees and, and people who really want to work in very specific um, places. Like she loves working at the boys and girls club and wants to make a career working at the boys and girls club. And uh, myself, I want to make a career as a performer and teacher and um, you know, a, a person who promotes um, music in a community. And it's, it's hard to find a place where both people can be fulfilled like that. And in all of the other places where Rachel and I have lived, we didn't both feel that way. And we finally feel that way here in the Quad Cities. And we had like three or four years where we're like building our life. And then all of a sudden, it's like comes, it feels like it comes to like a grinding halt. And so we had like maybe a few weeks there where in our home, it was it was really weird because Rachel is, is trying to re- consider what the boys and girls club can do to engage students and keep them learning and keep them focused on their futures when they're not able to be in the same place. And at the same time, I'm considering how can we keep pushing this mission of promoting uh, great performances and great teaching in the quad cities. And, you know, there were some days where it's like uh, uh, the creative juices are flowing and all you see are these possibilities. And then other days, you're, you're tapped and you're just like, I, I, I don't know, like we just need this to be over with as soon as possible so we can get back to what we were doing before. But as, you know, things started to improve in the summer into the fall and we were able to kind of, you know, start to get back together in certain ways, we were able to play Riverfront Pops. Um, we were able to bring audiences back in for a little while, then they had to go away and now they're back again this spring. Um, you start to see what what is really really important, and mm-hmm. per us performing is of the utmost Im- importance. And I really feel like the organization has learned also that it is imperative that the organization take a leadership approach in music education and ensure that our programs are providing this community with the high quality teaching and high quality performing that it deserves and expects. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've used this time, especially in the education and community engagement space to uh, lay the groundwork for some really, really, um, I think, game changing programs in this community that we're going to be able to launch in a really big way this fall um, when, you know, we can assume that if everybody continues to make the right choices in terms of social distancing and getting their vaccinations when um, they are when they are available to them, we're going to be able to hit the ground running in the fall. And I don't think I've ever been more excited 
about the way that's going to look. Mm-hmm. Well, you've really widened the scope um, in, in terms of in terms of how community members can interact with the with the symphony and. Not, not just hear your music, but in this case, um, with your podcast, understanding a little bit more about musician, musicians themselves. And, you know, and there, there's these very personal messages that you can take away from listening to the type of stories that you're outlining. Um, it, you have said yourself that it's, that it's really important to recognize the people in your lives that have influenced you. And just to pause and, and to uh, remember to give them thanks. And that's a, that's a message that we can all... Um, learn from right now. Absolutely. And it's a thing that uh, I think the pandemic has taught me as an individual. Um, I feel like at this point in my life, and I'm, you know, the ripe old age of 35, that I've I've gone through several <laughs> iterations of, of who I am. And I think before the pandemic, I felt like I was a person who was really... Um, kind of impulsive and (laughs) kind of all over the place with attitude and all this kind of stuff. In the pandemic, I I was just taking some time to, again, recognize what is essential in life. And the one thing that, you know, makes me feel good on a daily basis is connecting with folks in my life and letting them know that they matter to me. And I know that, like, last night I, I texted my friend Ryan Gruber uh, you know, saying, <laughs> I love Ryan Gruber, but man, do I really love Ryan Gruber when he posts a hilarious Twitter story. And like, like I, I know I bother my friends with uh, heaping on all this love, but like, I think if we all took a second to uh, randomly to text somebody who, <laughs> who means something to them or, or, you know, like make that phone call that you've been pushing off to X person or Y person. Um, it, it, it's awkward, but <laughs> at the same time, um, it feels good. And when people tell you that in return, it feels even better. Mm-hmm. And I think that those are the kind of good vibes that uh, as an individual, I want to put out in the world. And I hope that a show like Because um, allows people to consider um, who are those people? What were those things that were essential to bringing them the good things that they have in their life. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to be a spoiler, but I also kind of want to give people a little idea of, of how the storyline goes. And I, I kind of wrote a very brief because story of you summarized. Awesome. Let's hear uh, it. And it starts because your grandfather was in Belgium after world war two. He met your grandmother and because mm-hmm. your father listened to Wagner, he became interested in horns. Mm-hmm. And because Mrs. Wiseman was a dedicated teacher, she gave your father musical scores and introduced him to the horn. And she was a teacher for you as well, I should say. Yep. And because your father became a professional musician, you were exposed to music and understood it was a viable career option. Mm-hmm. And then there's so many becauses in betweens, but it ends with because you picked up the book because in Target, you started this podcast. So, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So it's this great chain. That's a lot. Uh, you know, and, and there, there are like a million uh, different paths that you could have taken along the way, but because you you followed the unique steps that you that you did, you ended up right where you are right now. Yeah, and like I, I'm thinking, um, how many times I I t- picked up a 
LSAT prep book in in my master's degree or you know towards the end of my undergrad there were there there are like times where in my life I I've I've considered taking another path but it always comes to an essence of like I can't I can't imagine waking up every day and and doing something else uh, it's just such a part of who I am to to wake up and think music and to think what can i do with this today and uh, you know i i have a full life and uh I, i'm you know i met my wife because of eighth grade middle school band <laughs> and like I, I i literally don't think i can name a relationship in my life that does not have a connection to some kind of of musical effort and you know I think that it it's not inherent in music. I think that, you know, whatever your career is, if you have a cohort of people that you've studied with or that you've worked on projects with, um it creates a wonderful connection to 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 work together and to to share together. Well, Mark Zyla, thank you so much for talking today and for making us think about our own because stories. Well, thank you so much, Carolyn. I appreciate your time today. Because a new podcast created by Quad City Symphony Orchestra Principal Horn Mark Zyla explores the unique stories behind people's musical journeys and careers, and is available now wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.